Hi everyone, good morning. Welcome to the Financial Alright, I hope our week has been wonderful. Alright, um, I just want to encourage you. You know, the Lord knows your struggle, the Lord understands how much um, you are trying to to live right and the truth about this whole um, Christian experience like I said is to the end that we are consistently formed into looking like Christ and um, for that to happen we must consistently behold him until the, the process of formation is complete yes so I, I just want to encourage someone this morning to, you know, keep on doing that thing. Just keep on doing it, irrespective of the flaws. Yes, irrespective of the flaws. Please just keep serving. Just keep loving God. Just keep um, praying. Just keep um, asking him to help you. You see, there's some point in, or there comes a time in every man's life where you know that come. There's no other option. There's no other other thing that can help you outside the Christ, outside God. Uh, so um, you you need to consistently rely on Him. You need to have faith in Him. For without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. So you need faith on this very journey. Yes, it could be very difficult. No, nobody said it was going to be easy. In fact. If you ever told it was going to be easy, I mean, I, I, I think you will lie too. Please, I want to beg you, I want to encourage you by the mercies of God that you, um, you look on to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. And, and while you're doing this, that you consistently press, press towards the mark of the higher calling in Christ Jesus, okay? Alright, thank you so much for always listening to the Refiners on this podcast. And truly, I'm not taking this for granted. I, I really appreciate each and every one of you that have been um, that have been taking time to to listen to the Refiners on this podcast. And by the message of God, I, I really trust that the Lord will make a fortune out of you, that the Lord will will make your life a testament of of his um, faithfulness in Jesus name amen um, so today I, I I want to speak to us about something very significant um, and we'll be moving by the Spirit of God how to the end at which he will have us go by the mercies of God all right so um, our central text for today will be taken from Luke gospel chapter 4 verse 18 so, like I said, we are moving as the Lord will lead us, but uh, our central text is starting from Luke Gospel chapter 4, verse 18, till when the Spirit of the Lord will ask us to, to stop. So, if you look at Luke Gospel chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus Christ is actually reading from Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 2. The context in Luke Gospel chapter 4, verse 18 is the same in um, 
Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 to 2, and he was talking about himself. And in fact, when he was given the scroll to read in Luke Gospel chapter 4, he was um, directly speaking about himself. So, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So, the one speaking in this Isaiah passage is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. He has anointed me. So the word anointed means to rub or sprinkle on, apply an, an ointment or oily liquid to something. So, so persons in the Old Testament were often literally anointed with oil. So for example, priests were anointed for their special service to the Lord. You can check that out in Exodus chapter 28 verse 41. So literally, oil was applied but as a sign of the Holy Spirit upon their life and service. So the oil on their head was only an outward representation of the real spiritual work going inside. So I tell people a lot that anointing doesn't necessarily come from, um, from when we talk of anointing, it's uh, an internal spiritual work. Uh, so um, you might have journeyed or pressed deeper. It's like a wine press. So uh, when a, a priest puts um, oil on your head and you have not done an internal spiritual activity by praying, by fasting, by studying the scriptures uh, to the end that your wine press can start releasing wine. I tell you the truth, that physical outward representation will be of no or little effect because the real anointing comes from the spirit and um, if you have a journey deep in the spirit you understand that there comes a point or a time in this christian work or this christian journey where uh, your your spiritual activities will start yielding fruit in other words you have prayed to a point that your sight is now to open uh, you 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 speak and it comes to part meaning that the uh, the spirit realm the spirit world has uh, identified your voice they have identified your your spiritual endeavor and and permit me to use this word at a certain stage in your spiritual endeavor a batch has been placed on your shoulder so your ranking has increased now now let me give a little scenario in ephesians um the bible is speaking about the seven sons of Sceva. so you know the story they went about trying to i know cast out demons and then at a point uh, some demons had to speak out say come uh, jesus i know paul i know who are you now now this is just this i'm explaining is just um, a direct scenario so they thought it's because they were called a priest title you know of course they were priests they, were, they had titles they were sons of skills okay they were from the lineage of the priesthood they were from the priesthood lineage yes but the question the thing is that in their in, in the spirit they did not have a badge so the demons could recognize Paul they could recognize Jesus but they didn't recognize this guy so anointing Basically, I mean, truthfully, is not really a physical outward um, uh, application of ointment. No, no, no. It is first an activity in the spirit before 
the outward representation. I hope you understand it. So, Luke Gospel chapter 4 verse verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So, you see, I'm talking about this particular anointing. I mean, yes, this particular anointing. Now, there is, there is, or there are other forms of anointing where, for example, a sick person can be anointed, you know, I mean, elders gathering to pray and then anointing was, you know, applied on on a particular person now that's on a different level but i'm talking about a, a priestly anointing now that it must come from the priest yes anointed in faith so in in this prophecy the messiah announced that he came to heal uh the damage that sin brings so sin does does great damage so the there must be a great work of redemption. So to preach the gospel to the poor. So I, I want you to understand that sin improvises very sheets and the Messiah brings good news to the poor. So to heal the brokenhearted. So sin breaks the heart and the Messiah has good news for the broken heart. He said to proclaim liberty to the captive. So sin makes people captive. And enslaves them, and the Messiah comes to set them free. So, recovery of sight to the blind. So, sin blinds, and the Messiah has come to heal our spiritual and moral blindness. Okay, and, and to set at liberty those who oppress. So, sin oppresses people, so its victim and um, it oppresses its victims. And the Messiah comes to bring liberty to those oppressed. So, thankfully. Jesus didn't come to only preach deliverance to even or even to only bring deliverance. So Jesus came to be deliverance, to be a deliverance for us. Christ was the great enemy of bonds. He was the lover. He was the lover and the light of liberty. Now, now, how do I even explain this? Jesus Christ was never comfortable with with people who were bounded. You see, sometimes he enters the temple and then he saw he saw a woman and then he said, "Oh, this not supposed to be the daughter of Abraham." He said, "Thou art loose, thou art loose." So he was very uncomfortable. So another thing that he came to do he was to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So. So this seems to describe the Old, Old, Old Testament concept of the year of Jubilee. And, um, uh, and uh, in the year of Jubilee, slaves were set free, debts were cancelled, and things were set to start anew. So Jesus came to preach the Lord's acceptable year, a reference to the year of Jubilee. It was just possible that the reason Jesus returned to his hometown was because it was the year of Jubilee. Okay? So where Jesus stopped reading from Isaiah helps show us the nature of prophecy and its relation to time. So I hope you understand that when there's a prophecy, uh, the next thing that accompanies it is time. Don't say the Lord in the year this, in the year that, or a, in a short while, it, 
prophecy has a connection with time. So, the Isaiah passage goes on to describe what Jesus will do at his second coming and the day of vengeance of our God. That's Isaiah chapter 61, verse 2. So, this is 2,000 years old, comma, between the two phrases. So, in Luke Gospel chapter 4, verse 20, to 22, Jesus Christ he, he keeps on teaching about um, Isaiah chapter 61 verse 2 so the Bible says he then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogues were, were fixed on him and he began to say to them today the scriptures will feed in your hearing so all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth and they said is this not joseph's son so we are getting down to um, the topic and um, the totality of today's podcast episode pay attention and you'll be blessed so as jesus sat he pre- he, pre- he prepared to teach instead of returning to his seat among the congregation so everyone wondered how he would explain what he had just read so with the, with these words jesus answered two questions whom did isaiah write of hmm? jesus answered isaiah wrote of me so when will this come to pass jesus answered isaiah wrote of now so it is the prophecy has started um, fulfilling itself. So, this seemed to mean that Jesus continued to speak on the theme just mentioned, and he did, he did it with words that were literally full of grace. They sensed the goodness and grace of God in the announcement that the ministry of the Messiah was now present. I, I hope you understand. I think I need some clarity. It's not everyone that accepted Jesus. People will doubt it because that was not the expectation. I think that these guys were under the bondage of the Roman Empire. So it will be very difficult for you to convince me that you are calling yourself the Messiah, the Savior, and then you are um, uh, seeing us in this condition and you can't do it because the mentality was that um, any Messiah that was going to come was going to save them. They didn't understand prophecy. Yes, that's just the totality of it. But Jesus Christ came with a different, a different government entirely. So, the response of Jesus, fully, the, the response of Jesus falling, shows that this was not an impartial coming. So, after the initial amazement, they then began to resent that someone so familiar, I mean, so familiar as in as in Joseph's son, the carpenter's son, could speak with such grace and claim to be the fulfillment of such remarkable prophecy. Remember that the synagogue in question was not outside his hometown. I mean, it was in Nazareth where he was exactly where he came from, where his father came. Do you understand? Follow me and you'll be blessed. So, in Luke Gospel chapter 4 verse 23 to to 27 i'm gonna it's gonna be a long a whole long a whole long reading but you have to follow me carefully he said to them you will surely say this proverb to me physician heal yourself and that is the the centrality of the podcast episode and 
and whatever we have uh, heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your own country. This was the resentment that came from the minds and the hearts of people. So he said, as shortly I said to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when heaven was shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout all the land but none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah, Elisha the prophet and none of them were cleansed except Naaman the Syrian so, so Luke doesn't directly tell us that the people said this. Perhaps they did and Jesus quoted their words back to them. Or it is just as likely that Jesus understood and explained their objections. They, they wanted Jesus to prove his claim with miraculous signs. You know, I told you that Jesus Christ um, was um, very good in the gift of word of knowledge. And sometimes he could pick the thoughts of people especially you can if you're reading the, the letters carefully you see him do this with the, the pharisees and the sadducees he could pick their thoughts he could pick their um their their uh, the details of their heart what they were thinking in their heart he could pick it. so apparently jesus has done or already done miracles in capernaum not recorded in Luke, but in places like john John chapter 1 to 4. So the people of Nazareth wanted to see the same kind of things, demanding the miraculous as a show or a sign. So they doubted. So, so they no doubt argued he is a Nazareth man. And of course, he's in uh, duty bound to help Nazareth. So because he's a Nazarene, he was expected to help Nazarenes first. So they considered themselves as being in a sort of a proprietors who could command his power at uh, their own discretion. So so they, they, they felt they owned him. There was no honor. There was no there was no um, respect there was no regard after all this is not the carpenter's son some people will say ah we have held you we have we used to play with you this is not the guy that we played with sometimes we travel to go and do our worship and in synagogues this is not the guy that used to they they did not understand that um ranks have changed in the spirit yes that um uh, this guy is not ordinary they didn't understand that so jesus made a claim to them so jesus understood that it is easy to doubt the power and work of god amongst those most familiar with us so you could be very anointed you could be very blessed you could be the best that there is but because you are amongst those that are very familiar with you the truth about your totality may not be able to so it was easier for those in Nazareth to doubt or reject Jesus because it seemed so normal and familiar to them. After all, this is Jesus. Haven't they told you? 
and what can you do you tell people that you're good in this and they're like come you you what can you do not knowing that they they just um, uh, look down on the very person who could help their totality they just look down on the very person who could change their lives forever okay so so from this incident in our lord's life that is it's not the preacher's business to seek to please his congregation so if he labors for that end he will in all probability not attain it but if he should succeed in gaining it what a miserable success that will be okay so we're not struggling to gain um acceptance from from a people no you don't struggle but if you have labored so hard to gain acceptance from your own people that success is not it's not in the timeline of God. It's not in the timeline of God for your life. It's not. It's not making sense. That's not even a success. They understand. So, so Jesus started um, explaining a lot of things to them. I think to bring back their minds to the consciousness that um, that it is it is truly possible for um, me to be in this town, and then none of you is healed. None of you is helped. None of you is. It's possible to be here and then there will be a whole lot of calamity. Although I'm anointed, although I came to put end to struggle, I came to wipe out tears from the eyes of men, I came to um, uh, bring liberty to the oppressed, but I can still be here and a lot of you could still be oppressed. Yes. So, some of you go to a church, you go, you have a local assembly, and you get so familiar with the dealings of God in that assembly. Haven't you been to churches or places where um, uh, it's only um, the people that come to that assembly newly that get delivered, that get free, that get um, freedom? Now, now, the truth is that um, it's not that there's no power in that assembly, but the truth is that... Um, members of those assembly have gotten so used to the move of god in that assembly they come late to the assembly they 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 they, they, they are very lackadaisical about the, their service to god in that assembly but it just notice that when someone just joins the assembly newly things now changes for the person so this is what jesus christ was trying to explain in in this this he made a statement like there were many widows in the days of elijah but why did God send him to Zarephath? So it would have been possible that if Elijah came to to them, to those in in where he was in Israel, they would have been like, ah, this is not Elijah, the prophet. I beg, please, do you understand me? Are you following me now? So were there no labors in the days of Elisha? Of course there were, but then why did? Why is it that it was Naaman? So there was this thing of familiarity is something that we really need to check. So some of us are so familiar with our pastors. In fact, you you are you you run down your pastor. You look down on your pastor because you've seen him over time. He's accessible and this and that. That's why the words of the man of God doesn't work in your life. But imagine that a new a new member joins the assembly. The man will say nothing serious, but it just starts working because the, 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 this new member has highly revered the word of this prophet in his heart. Amen. So Jesus' audience wanted special favors because he was in his hometown. So Jesus pointed out that this doesn't matter to God. 
using God's work among the Gentiles in the days of Elijah and Elisha as example. So Jesus made at least two points. Okay, first the fact that they did not receive Jesus had nothing to do with Jesus, but everything to do with them. So he was truly from God, but they would not receive him. Their rejection said more about them than it did about Jesus. So, second, it showed that God's miraculous power operates in unexpected and sovereign ways. So, oh God, I love the Lord. So, people that we we often consider undeserving and perhaps strange are many times recipients of God's miracle, miraculous power. So, this reminds me of what the Lord was telling Moses in Romans chapter 15. 15 I read Romans chapter 9 verse 15 and 16 he said I will show mercy upon whom I choose to and compassion on whom then verse 16 very interesting he said it's not of him that will it nor of him that run it but of the Lord that shows mercy so this speaks about the sovereignty of um, the ways of God he can choose to bless anybody he can choose to love on anybody he can choose to favor anybody without even consulting a man okay so um so jesus christ carefully pinpoint a lot of things and and then so 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 the 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 extent of this familiarity we we, uh, was too gross yes it was gross and as he was talking anger wrath grew so deep in the hearts of men because uh -uh, who are you to say this kind of things who are you? By what spirit? By what spirit are you? Who empowered you? By what authority? And I hope you understand that at that point in time, if you're not a spiritual leader, when I mean a spiritual, you're not a Pharisee, you're not a teacher of the law, I mean, people will resent you completely when you say things. So, the totality of Jesus Christ's ministry was an extreme how do I put this? It was in arguments throughout. I told you earlier that these guys never expected Jesus to come and, and, and do what he was doing. They were expecting someone to come and raise an army to fight the Roman Empire. Believe me. I read your Bible history carefully. Amen. So the problem is that they did not understand prophecy. They did not understand all that Isaiah was talking about. Amen. So this was so gross. Physician heal thyself they they were so they, they thought that jesus was entitled to them so the miracles that jesus they were expecting jesus to do was not even that they desired the law hmm? there there was they were they were feeling in that jesus could or owed them a lot oh because you're from here you should do it no no the lord doesn't work like that physician heal thyself that was that was it that was all they, they they said forgetting that a prophet is not honored in his hometown and if truly they honored jesus a lot would have taken place so have you now seen why oh my god oh my god when jesus christ um met nathaniel or before jesus met nathaniel philip went to nathaniel and was conversing with him he said come we have seen this messiah this the messiah and then and then remember what Nathaniel's response was. He said, can any good thing 
come out of Nazareth. It was still that familiarity. See, until Nathaniel had seen by um, the word of knowledge that Jesus Christ used to communicate with him. Oh, this is Nathaniel. And Nazareth in whom there's no... Until that point, Nathaniel would have still doubted the possibility that something genuine, something good can flow out of Nazareth. So they will say, physician, heal thyself, forgetting that a prophet is not honored in his own time. So, in, in this gross heart, this gross um, uh, level of familiarity, the Bible says in Luke Gospel chapter 4, verse 28 to 30, so all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city. You can imagine. And they led him to the brow of the hills on which their city was built, and they might that they might throw him down over the cliff. Then passing through the midst of them, he went his way. You could understand this. There's no honor. So there's a lot of things that propels the anointing. One of those things is honor, honor. So after Jesus was done explaining, they were angry. They trust him out. They were filled with wrath. Child of God. I am bringing you back to a place. I'm bringing you back to a reigning God. Please honor God. Please honor the things of God. Please, I beg you, honor your prophets. Honor your prophet. Please, when I mean honor, I'm not saying you should. See, see, everything, the totality of everything in this kingdom will always start from the heart. Believe me. It will always start from the heart. I think this is where we're going to bring a pause to this um, podcast episode. See, if you honor the Lord with your heart, um, God will always be propelled to your direction. See, honor the Lord. See, I tell you, we, we repent every day. Yes, let me put it like that, yes. And we are sustained by the mercies of God. See, it's possible that you might not have known this. Please honor the Lord. See, don't choose what to honor in this kingdom and what to resent. See, you might feel you are anointed. You might feel you are. You are more anointed than your pastor. You might feel you are more anointed and you're too gifted to be in an assembly. Please honor the Lord. See, if you have the fear of God in your heart, there are some thoughts, there are some things you can never do. I beg you in the name of the Lord. So that the totality of God totality of God can uh, be evident, can uh, manifest in your life. Please honor the Lord. Please. So, so they, they, they never believed that the Lord Jesus would. How do you go out to other places to heal other people? Sir, you're entitled to us. <laughs> Before you go out to heal others, we have heard of these things. Heal yourself. Heal Nazareth. I hope you can understand me. But that was not it. Jesus brought a formula to them. And 
they got angry and wanted to throw him off the cliff. Child of God, it is possible that your man of God, that your pastor, will go out to other places to minister evangelism and then everything. And then lean, the lean are rising up to walk. The dead bodies are rising. But when it comes to the assembly, nothing happens. It's not because it's not anointed. It's because the level of honor in your heart is too low. You're too familiar with him. Physician, heal thyself. Before you claim to cure other people, you must first cure yourself. This was a general belief in in in, in those days, actually. In, in that um, community, the Hebrew community. It was a general belief, actually. Before you think of healing another people, another person uh, or other people of a particular ailment, physician, you have to heal yourself. Heal yourself. So they, they feel Jesus Christ was entitled. Jesus, I think Jesus Christ was all trying to tell them, yes, I'm, I'm a physician, but I'm not a medical, not in the medical line. In this field, hmm, it's honor that propels the cure. Honor. Honor. Please honor the Lord. Honor is prophet. Honor. See, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Please repent now. See, the Lord, the Lord will, will open his heart to you. Just begin to love the Lord. Just begin to honor the Lord. And you'll see your life change dramatically, tremendously. Yes. You are going to experience the miraculous aura. If you've not been honoring your prophet, honor your prophet in your heart. Honor him, love him. Understand that he sent from God to minister to you. The Lord will help us. I really believe that this will bless someone sincerely. The Lord will help us. The Lord will cause his face to shine upon us. He will help us by his spirit to fall in line with all his loss. To fall in line with all his rules. To fall in line with all his commandments. And be doers of his word. In the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Please share this podcast to everyone that should hear. Thank you and God bless you.